0: Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pads. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast with your host. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast to see life today. We are back on a Monday, Monday evening. It is episode 114 and I get it. I get it. I've been away again for a while. Like it's it's one of those moments where I'm still trying to figure out how my schedule is, especially since I just moved and I'm switching jobs around again. And there are times where life just picks me right up and just gets me to where I need to go. And it sucks because there's so much content that goes on on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. And I did promise that I wanted to do this twice a week. But nevertheless, I'm still trying to find my best. It's why I put out that post on my Twitter page. And I did say, if for any reason things changed or if there's a third option, you let me know. No one responded, which means... Well, I wouldn't say no one responded, but, you know, one guy did respond my good man, Kevin Michaels. He did respond and he did say, do what's best for me. And as of right now, what's working best is doing two episodes with a lot more than 30 minutes. So for this particular episode, since I do owe you some content from last episode, it will be 45 minutes to an hour. I guarantee it. Hopefully, I can reach that far because, trust me, we have so much to get into today. We have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode 5. We have the Shang-Chi trailer. We even have other news that goes on that deals with some other particular characters or actors, to say the least. One you absolutely like and the other one you don't. And whatever else that comes to my mind in this great recording of the podcast that goes on today. Hmm. We'll see how that all unfolds. All that plus our supervillain quote of the day, but first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shout outs out of the way, shall we? And once again, since today is April 19th, I wanna give a big shout out, another shout out to my brother, my VO brother, Rob Moreira, or Moreira, sorry if I keep on mispronouncing his last name. Like the next time I talk to him, he's gonna have to educate me on how to pronounce his last name. But you pretty much know him very, very well. He is one of the veteran voiceover actors, really good at his craft, really good at what he does. He's taught me a lot in terms of how to make my business better. He's taught me a lot in terms of what I need to do to succeed in a business like this. And he'll be there for you. If you have any questions about voiceover industry, obviously, you know, he'll give you a little bit of his time because he's a very busy busy man, big family, and so on and so forth. But... He will not shut you down. He will not show you away. So once again, big shout out to Rob Moreira, Moreira, Moreira. Look, the fact of the matter is, he's also a Spanish voice actor as well. And he is very fluent in his craft. He is very fluent in what he does. So if I'm mispronouncing his last name, I do apologize. But I'm sure he gets it all the time. There are different versions of his name. Hey, it's all good, baby. It's all good, baby. It's all good. Happy birthday, Rob. You are the man. You are the man. Alright, that's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive right into it. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode 5, called Truth. That comes up right in a bit. If I gave you the truth, will it keep you alive? Though I'm closer to wrong and no further from right. And now I'm convinced on the inside. Something's wrong with me. Convinced on the inside. It's so much more to me. (laughs) If you remember where that song came from, I will highly... Highly praise you because that is one of my favorite songs of all time. Every time when I hear the word truth, that song just pops up into my head. And for all of you diehard rock and heavy metal fans out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, here we go. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier Episode 5. We knew from Episode 4, which in my opinion is still one of the best episodes, probably the best episode this thus far this series... It got me wondering, okay, what can they do to top this one? What can they do to make this show so much better, so much at its peak? And then we watched episode 5, and I have to admit, there was a lot more downtime than I thought. There was a lot more... It's it's like one of those roller coasters, obviously, it's like a roller coaster, where you can be at its very, very peak, go slowly, slowly, slowly above its peak, and then you're about to get the apex, and then it goes all the way back down. And I feel like that's where this point is. It's it's now all the way back down before it get to the grand season finale. And every now and then, you always have those episodes where something just takes a halt, And they're trying to drag out the pace a little bit more in terms of shows before the epic big finale. Now, on one point, it may think to yourself, okay, after this episode, they have to stick the landing better. It has to be fucking awesome. It has to be perfect. Or it could be like Game of Thrones where it's going down, it's going down, and then it just goes straight to the bottom of the abyss. Who knows what we're going to get with this one? But you know what? I'm being optimistic because... Even though with the timing constraints and COVID and everything else, I understand that they had limits and they had their hands were tied, especially when it came to finishing the production with a show like this. So I can understand. But I spoke on long enough about that. So about the episode itself. As I said, it didn't really blow my hair back. It really didn't. But there were still a lot of good moments and a few bad ones as well. At least for me, it was. Now, let's start from the beginning, okay? As we recall the fake Captain America, Johnny Walker over here, just basically killed off Nico, I want to say Nico Price, and that's a UFC fighter and I t- <laughs> Johnny Walker against Nico Price. That that fight would never happen. But he killed off my boy Nico, my boy. My boy Nico, and then he's running in a in a factory and then he's regretting what he's done. I hope he's regretting what he's done. And then it's about to be a two-on-one, which I did say it's going to happen the same way we saw Captain America and the Winter Soldier against Iron Man. It's going to be the Winter Soldier, or I'm sorry, the White Wolf and the Falcon versus the fake Captain America. And I like the fight scene. Now, was it one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen? No, but I did like the fight scene on the fact that, you know, it had a lot of... I wouldn't say a lot of shaky cam, but the fight scene was good enough for me to enjoy. Especially since Sam, you know, right before the fight even began, was talking to Captain America. I'm sorry, the fake Captain America. He was talking to him and be like, listen, we can find a way out of this or we can find a way in how to deal with this. But you're going to have to give me the shield, man. You're going to have to give me the shield. And in fake Cap's own way, he's like, yeah, if you want it, you're going to have to take it from me. Which obviously he didn't say that, but... I like to think that maybe he would say something, you know, badass like that. You know, if you're going to be a villain, you might as well be a badass villain. I'm just saying, you know. I'm not a writer, but, you know, I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, the fight began, and Captain America is... I keep on saying Captain... Fuck it. You know, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker over here is kicking the shit out of them. And there was at one point that he actually damaged Bucky's arm. Which is funny, because that thing just recovered right away, but... You know, I mean, who pays attention to details nowadays? Fucking damaged his arm. They won. They got the shield back. And this dude is arrested. And he is brought forth in front of all the military guys. And, you know, his peers and his superiors. And he still believes himself to be Captain America. Which, I have to say... I actually like him more as a villain now than anything else. Because, as we discussed before... The super soldier serum basically reveals or enhances who you truly are in the inside. And if you remember from the Captain America movie, the first one, the first Avenger, not that bullshit Captain Marvel, the first Avenger. No, I'm talking about Captain America, the first Avenger, the movie itself, where the scientists actually went to Steve Rogers and he didn't just pick anybody. He wanted to pick someone with the purest of heart, the purest of mind and the purest of soul. And we saw, we saw what the serum can do to a corrupted person. So, he is now doubling down on this identity that he is Captain America. And it's a very interesting perspective because he goes to them, he's like, you made me. You, you made this. You made me what I am. And... It just got me thinking during my time with the army and during a lot of times where I can imagine a lot of veterans that has done things over in Afghanistan or, or Iraq or wherever they're deployed to whenever. And I'm sure this has happened throughout beyond history where they've done something that they regret. And yeah, there's personal responsibility to take upon yourself. But there is an essence and there is a perspective to be made that. These decisions has happened because we're shaped by those people, by our superiors to get the job done. So that's an interesting perspective. Now, take it what you will. I'm not saying that every soldier's actions is because of their superiors. No, no, no. But I am saying that is something to think about a little bit. Anyway, Sam Wilson gets the shield. His buddy Joaquin wants to give him back the wings and he goes keep it. So right away, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, Joaquin's is going to be the new Falcon. All right, he's going to he's gonna be his buddy in crime. I like this. I really do. And then, you know, soon after that, he gets a box from the White Wolf, from, you know, Bucky Barnes. But we're going to talk about that later on. He gives Zemo back. He gives Zemo to the Dora Malaji of Wakanda. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, that's it? That's, that's all we're going to get from Zemo? So he puts on the purple mask in like episode three or something. puts on the purple mask one time, and that's it. Like they don't find anything useful with him. No, he's just give him back. All right, you serve your purpose. Bye, bitch. You know. Oh, what about his reward? His reward is I don't fucking kill you. That's the reward. <laughs> I don't know. Like it just came to me. Like it was so. I want to say anticlimactic, but I feel like it was something that needed to happen. I hope this is not the last that we see of Zemo. And the reason why I say needed to happen is because, listen, the Dora Milaje do not fucking play. And what else were you going to do with Zemo? Put him back in jail? No. You're going to give him, he's he's going to have to serve his justice, he's going to have to give him back to the Wakandans, and that's what happens. Which kind of reminds me, why didn't Black Panther give him back? I mean, yeah, he did catch him and stopped him from committing suicide in civil war, but why didn't he give him back? You know, I mean, yeah, Zemo went to jail, but he didn't go to jail in Wakanda. He went to jail in America, so i- and I don't know like thinking about it now thinking about it out loud it's it's kind of weird to me on how he would not subject him to Wakanda. But the Dora Milaje did because he still has to pay for his crimes, but he kind of already paid for his crimes. And yeah, he's been busted out of jail, but it just seemed a little weird to me that Black Panther did not do that originally. Now, if you want to say, well, he committed a crime over in America, I believe it was America or Germany or wherever the hell they were. No, it was Sokovia. No, it was Sokovia because... The the incident of what happened to King T'Chaka, it was Sokovia, was it not? So he would have had to give him back again. <laughs> these are plot lines and plot holes. Maybe someone else can hit me up on the you know in the comments below, and they can let me know what happened because that just blew my fucking mind. Anyway, long story short, Bucky gave him back, and that's it. That's the last time we see of Zemo. So it's like fuck all right well that's the last thing we see of Zemo and Sam you know well Bucky to be exact Bucky is like all right I'm gonna need a favor from you it's like huh another favor so the uh the vibranium arm was not enough for you huh you have to ask for more all right cool well 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 you get Zemo back and he's gonna have to give him a favor that's what happens and then he gets a briefcase, says Man of vibrantum, which is most likely Sam Wilson's new suit. You know what I hate? And let me pause this real quick. You know what I fucking hate? I hate the fact that Hot Toys and other merchandise, like, teases us and instantly reveals what the new action figure is going to be. Like, I actually saw, I mistakenly saw... The new Sam Wilson, the new Falcon slash Captain America through the toys that Hot Toys is going to sell off. And I fucking hate that because that's me spoiling to myself of what's going to happen during the season finale or even during a movie or any show to be exact. And you know me, you know, if you've been following this podcast for a long time, you know that I fucking hate spoilers. And you also know that I like to be surprised when something new happens. But considering that we've already seen the image of what the new Captain America is going to be, what Sam Wilson is going to be through the comics, through fan art and other, you know, other things, I guess it wasn't that much of a surprise. But once again, I fucking hate spoiling myself. And I really wish... I get it. They're doing it for profit and they're doing it for merchandise sales and, and over the case. I get that. But I really hope that Marvel just stops doing that and just waits for the show or movie to conclude before selling their toys. Before selling their hot merchandise or before selling anything else. Those are just my two cents. So, fast forward, Bucky Barnes, he asks for the briefcase he asks for this favor he gets the briefcase to give to sam later okay now sam goes visit isaiah which if you remember is the black man that got experimented by he is the new super soldier or he was the super soldier with the serum and he basically see things completely different from, completely differently from sam and in a way that was also a good scene from that entire episode because it really shows a dynamic of what these two characters actually portray against each other. If you remember, when Sam was about to show him the shield, Isaiah said something along the lines of, nope, those red, those stripes and solid stripes and colors don't mean a thing to me, don't mean anything good to me anymore. And he sees all the bad things that America is while Sam Wilson, with, th- through... The entire thing of what he's been through and the history and everything that he's seen and experienced, he still sees the good that America is. And that's, in a way, the truth about America in general. Sometimes we always have these different perspectives. Everything is either black and white, red or blue or whatever. And it's one of those moments where, yeah, there are so many bad things that happen in the world we live in. Whether it's our country or other countries or whatever. But there's also good moments either. And I guess it's really up to our discretion... To try to balance that out... And take it for what we can. But for Sam... And he said it from episode 1... Symbols mean nothing... Unless the man or woman gives them meaning. You know? And... The fake Captain America... He gave the shield... The symbol of America... The symbol of the shield... A terrible meaning when bloodstains was a part of it. When bloodstains happened to be on it. But now Sam Wilson is embracing the role of Captain America. And he he said it. The legacy of this shield is complicated. It's complicated as fuck. But he's embracing the role of Captain America. He's embracing what America is. He's embracing a new perspective of what this shield represents. So when he and... Bucky has this heart-to-heart talk and they're... I, I love the fact that they're throwing the shield and the shield is coming back and they're throwing the shield and the shield coming back. It's like it's like two guys when they're throwing baseball at each other or if, or if you have a son and you throw a baseball to each other and you catch and you throw and then you just talk about your problems or whatever. I don't know. I kind of like that. Instead of throwing a ball, they throw the actual shield. But I really did like that. And Bucky was talking about his perspective that... He was trying to do the things that he could, you know, going to person to person, the people that he's wronged in the book of the people that he wronged and he wants to make himself feel better. And Sam was like, no, it's not about making yourself feel better. You need to do right by other people. You have to give them closure. And of course, the number one person from the first episode of what we see, who is he going to give the closure to? The first one, most likely, Nakajima, Mr. Nakajima. His old neighbor... Where if you remember... He has no idea what happened to his son... And... Bucky remembers that he killed him... So that's going to be a very... Very heartbreaking scene... Most likely in the next and final episode... And... God damn... There's, I can imagine there's going to be some man tears flowing... I really can... But after that happened... You know... They embrace... And they've become friends now. And Sam is pretty much the closest thing next to Bucky having a family. Because he said it. He's like, that shield in this book is the closest thing that I have to family left since Steve is gone. Which is funny because they never really explain how Steve is gone. Did he die? Did he go away? You know, I know we have saw what happened in Avengers Endgame. But, you know, did he pass away? Did he go off and ride off into the sunset? I'm sure he passed away. I mean, come on, let's face it. Like, I'm, I'm sure that did happen, you know, but again, it's comics. I mean, who the hell knows if we didn't is the is like an old saying when it comes to movies. If we didn't see it, it didn't happen. But in this case, perception is reality. So I'm willing to say yes, it did happen. He died from something. Who the fuck knows? Anyway, fast forward, the best scene out of the entire thing, the Sam Wilson training montage I've replayed that thing probably 6 or 7 times and it got me to work out like crazy. I weigh 185. I'm a, I'm am I'm I feel big as it is. I weigh 185 and I immediately want to lose weight. And as soon as that I saw that scene, as soon as the the whole it was like a 3-4 minute scene and he's throwing the shield and he's running and he's that, that training montage. I love training montages. Yeah, they're cliche. Yeah, they're cheesy. I don't give a fuck. I love, I love training montages, especially in superhero movies and content and everything else. And as soon as that scene finished, I stood up and I yelled out, Captain America. That's Captain America. God Damn, I love that scene so much. Now, here's the thing that really killed me about this entire scene. <laughs> I know you're thinking, what, Whoa, whoa, what was so bad about it? No, the scene was not bad. It's just... Again, I I look at other people's perspectives. I go on Twitter, and I'm scrolling, and I'm looking at a bunch of things, and I am convinced the people that say they're not racist are the ones that are the racist most. And what do I mean by that? Well... It's the one that wants to bring up race and issue. I believe they are the true hardcore racists where something is so wrong over what they saw that has to do with something of race. They instantly bring it up and bring it as an issue saying, oh, uh, a black man is Captain America now. Uh, He should stay as the Falcon. He should stay as this or 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 uh, or. Jesus Christ the shit that I see oh my god the shit that I see on Twitter is fucking benign to me it really is I want to start off by saying this and hopefully I make sense to what I'm about to say because none of this is scripted I am speaking completely from the heart okay Sam Wilson is the Falcon we know this but Sam Wilson is now embracing the mantle of Captain America If you remember when they had the conversation with him and Isaiah, Isaiah, the old dude, he said there will never be a black Captain America. And even if there was, what self-respected black man would ever be Captain America? Like I said earlier, he looks at the world from a different completely point of view. He sees America he sees the wrong things, the negative aspects of America. And Sam Wilson, instead of taking his his words to heart and merit, he realizes that he needs to be above that. He needs to prove to himself and prove that America is good and prove that Captain America is what is is not only patriotic I was about to say patriotic, not only patriotic, but can do good and if he gives that symbol meaning that he could become something more that he could be something more and I have to say I'm not you might think that I'm woke for this and maybe I sound like I am because I hate it when the woke culture and the cancel culture and all this other bullshit but it really opened my eyes to thinking that now is probably a better time than ever, especially when people are bitching and complaining about the inequality. I mean, hell, I literally was at the radio show today and they're having the, um, the trial for the death of what happened to George Floyd. Now, I don't know the result. I'm sure they have the result already by the time of this recording. If not, then I do apologize that I don't know the result of what happened during the trial. But what I'm trying to say is this. Sam Wilson is proving that if you give the symbol meaning, you can do so much more with it going forward, especially with the legacy of Captain America. It doesn't have to be a white guy that is looking for that is looking out for the people because that's what Steve Rogers is. If you noticed, and I know I'm jumping around here a little bit, but I'm trying to arrive at a point that in a way, makes sense to me, and hopefully it makes sense to you. If you noticed, from the first movie, Captain America, The First Avenger, he only referred to himself as Captain America. He never, ever, ever else referred to himself as Captain America after that. If he did, I probably missed it, maybe one or two times. He's always referred to himself as Steve Rogers. You want to know why? Because Steve Rogers never viewed himself as above the people. He never viewed himself as being greater than anybody else. Every time when he's faced off against a an enemy or a bully, when he stands up to them, what does he mostly say aside from his catchphrase, I can do this all day? He says the words, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. He doesn't view himself as something special. He never did. He's always viewed himself as someone that he could be a part of in terms of people. Because that's what he believes in. He believes in people. And the shield. And and the mantle of Captain America. It meant nothing to him. All what mattered to him. Was protecting people. And that is what Sam Wilson. Is embracing. But in his own way. In his own vision. Because if you remembered. With the conversation that he had with Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes. He holds Steve Rogers' words to such high altitude and such on a pedestal where Sam basically had to tell him, listen, it doesn't matter what Steve wants. It doesn't matter what Steve thinks. We make our own choices. We do what we have to do. So I know I just rambled too much on that, and I'm getting extremely passionate to say something, to, to even talk about all this. Because like I said, I'm normally I'm not the type of woke person that you would always hear on the news. But God damn it, when I feel very strongly about these characters, characters that we've known for over 10 years, of course I'm going to feel strongly about it. We make our own choices. We do what we do for ourselves and for other people. This has nothing to do with race. This has nothing to do with a black man taking upon a white man mantle. This has nothing to do with that. Okay? This should not even be brought up an issue. He is the Falcon. And he is Captain America. So if you honestly have a problem with that, you need to look at yourself in the fucking mirror. Okay, if you have a problem with a black man taking upon a mantle that he could make it his own and he can possibly do better than Steve Rogers, that he can do better than the previous person. And he's training and he's actually taking upon his mantle without the super soldier serum that he's doing it in his own will, in his own way. He's training in his own accord. If you have a problem with this in any way, shape or form, you need to slap yourself in the face and look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what the hell is wrong with me? Because I promise you a normal person like me and hopefully like many of you do not think that way. You should have been inspired by that training montage. You should have been fucking... you, Dude, if you did not think to yourself, holy shit, I need to get myself up and running and maybe watch the video and work out or something or, or, or teach that to your children or, or be heavily inspired to what you can do for someone else or what you can do for yourself, motherfucker, look at yourself in the mirror, slap yourself three times, sit your ass down, and take a chill pill. Holy shit. Anyway, I've rented on so much about that, but like I said, that's how much I felt very strongly about that scene. Moving on. So, we fast forward. George St. Pierre is back. El Batroc. Uh, No, actually, before then. Sometime before then. Sharon Carter is speaking in French and George St. Pierre speaks in French. And I'm still slightly more convinced that she is the power broker. I mean, it is only one episode left. By the way, and and I again, I'm sorry that I'm ranting on and jumping around here. Who the hell was that woman with the purple streak hair talking to the fake Captain America after the uh the decision to honorably discharge him or dishonorably, whatever the hell they said. Some kind of madam uh I I couldn't even uh Valentina Valent I have no idea who the hell she is. I have no clue. Like she gave him a blank card that had nothing on it. I'm sure we'll see her again sometime in the future cuz she seems to be an important character otherwise, you know, they would not introduce her for no reason. I have no clue who she is. I'm sure a hardcore fan would tell me in the comments. Zero clue. You know, but I do remember a YouTuber did say that this might set up the 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 group of villains known as the Thunderbolts, which is very interesting because I don't know too much about that either. But I'm gonna have to look more into that, maybe from Variant or from, you know, I'm not in by Variant. I mean Variant Comics. You know, Aries Quinones. Shout out to him, by the way. I'm gonna have to look more into that, but. I have no idea who she is. Anyway, maybe she's the power broker. Who the fuck knows? Anyway, Sharon Carter speaking in French. And there's something more about her. There's something more about her. I think she's going to double cross Sam and Bucky. I don't know how. Maybe she turned over to the dark side. I mean, who the fuck knows at this point? Who the fuck knows at this point? But Carly and George St. Pierre, they're criminals now. And we're going to have hopefully an epic final season. Now, hopefully, the landing sticks well, unlike One Division where the landing was like eh. But nevertheless, I can't wait for this upcoming Friday, the final season, episode six. Hopefully, it's an hour long. I'm sure it's an hour long. And we are going to get some fireworks. At least, hopefully, we get to have some fireworks. Overall, and I know I spoke so much about this. Overall, I liked the episode. I didn't love it. There was too much downtime with Sam and Bucky with the boat thing. And it was there was way too much downtime. But overall, I liked it. Didn't love it, but I liked it. And can't wait for episode 6. I cannot wait for episode 6. Wow. I spoke a lot about that. And we're only, uh, well, I'd say 15-20 minutes left. Let's dive into the Shang-Chi trailer, and we'll be right back. it's finally here we got the trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings now I can imagine this is something that a lot of people have been looking forward to probably for over a year now ever since we continue to get delays and delays and delays but nonetheless we got something special here it'll be released on September 3rd now You have to forgive me because I don't know too much about Shang-Chi. I really, really don't. And I'm afraid that if I go on Variant Comics and I have, you know, the great Ares Quinonez Quiznos. Ares Quiznos actually tell me what I need to know about this character. I feel like I'm spoiling myself a little bit from the actual movie. So, I'm not going to do that. But I'm just going to judge based on what this trailer actually showed me. Young guy. By the way... Starring Sam Lu, by the way. Sam Lu or Sammy Lu? Sam Lu. I'm sorry. Hold on. Give me a minute to actually look up his name because I actually want to do this right. And... Simu Lu. Simu Lu. Sim. Simu Lu. Okay, Mr. Lu. Alright, there we go. Mr. Lu. So, we're going to call him Mr. Lu because I can't pronounce his name and I don't want to keep butchering the name. So, I apologize for that. Mr. Lu. Now, starring Mr. Lu... And he's living the life of L.A., he's living the good life. And yet there's some voiceover that goes on, which I believe, I believe, and I could be completely mistaken. I believe the real Mandarin is his father. And I believe the Mandarin actually uh, taught him and trained him on how to be either a professional killer, assassin, or a leader of an organization. At least that's the vibe that I'm getting. And of course, because in the voiceover, he said... I let you live your life for 10 years. And you see it. You see as a boy from teenage years, he's trained under some heavily groups of soldiers. Some heavily groups of soldiers. And then you got this masked guy who is coming back and he wants to fight him. So... There's going to be some badass martial arts, and I can't wait. I've always been a fan of martial arts since I was a kid. I mean, watching Jackie Chan and Jet Li and Bruce Lee. I didn't watch too much Bruce Lee, but I did watch Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris. And, you know, I get it. It's all acting. I get it. But, come on. Come on. It's one of the best fights that I've ever seen probably in my life since I was a kid. And, like I said, I love watching Jackie Chan movies. So, the fact that this movie is actually going to... Make me reminisce a little bit about those good times where you can just see some badass kung fu martial arts fighting styles, not from Iron Fist, from the Netflix shows, but some real Kung Fu kick and ass. You know goddamn well your infinite tree, and I cannot wait to see what they're going to do. I can't wait. I really can't. The movies are gonna come out on September 3rd, 2021. Hopefully there will be no more delays. And I really like the soundtrack. It was like a hip-hop type of a soundtrack. But these editors, they know what the fuck they're doing. They really do. And like I said, I don't know too much about Shang-Chi. But from the looks of it, it looks to be badass. Now, you know, since I always look at both sides of the coin here, there is some concerns that I have. Considering that it's a Marvel movie, there's definitely going to be a lot of flashy shit going on. And when I say flashy, I mean unrealistic special effects. And I get it. That happens in every movie. I get that. But for me, I'm kind of on the fence here. When I had my conversation with Kev Michaels the other week, and we spoke about the Justice League, he told me that he liked the first design of, what was it? Steppenwolf from the first Justice League. That was the only thing that he missed. Everything else was fine. He liked that design a little bit better than the newer one. Because he doesn't like it when things are a little bit too fake. Now, I kind of feel that way with this one when I saw the trailer. Because when it comes to Kung Fu action scenes, whenever you have someone that is performing their moves, and they're in the middle of the air, and it takes them a while for them to get back down to the ground, and then continue fighting, that's one thing that I never really enjoyed when I watched Kung Fu movies. Like, I guess that's why I love Jackie Chan and Jet Li so much from the past is because a lot of them actually performed their own stunts. And yes, there was some wire work. Like, there was some stunt doubles, I'm sure, probably. But there was some wire work, but it was very, very minimal. And I feel like this one, with all the flashy shit and them just flying through the air and then coming back on the ground and continue to fight, it's kind of one of those moments where I'm like, ugh... I don't know call me nostalgic call me old-fashioned or you know you could be like well this is the way it works now I get it it's just for me I I don't like that I don't like it especially when I watch some badass kung-fu movies and I want to see I want to view this movie more of a kung-fu badass movie that actually follows a character that has been training for a long time and wants to get away from it but now they're pulling him back in you know what I mean Every time I come out, they pull me back in. I I hope I'm doing that correctly. But you know what I mean, right? Am, am, I, am I off on this? Like, am I, am I too much of a psychopath? Like, am I thinking completely different? I don't know. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I really like it when kung fu movies, especially most fighting st- uh, type movies, where they're very, very realistic, very minimal wire work. They do their own stunts. They use set pieces or they use like real environments around them. I enjoy that. I really do. And if they have to use CGI places or, you know, special effects type places that at least make it look realistic. And I feel like in this movie, because it's a Marvel movie, it's not going to look realistic to me. Now, I get it. We're in in the MCU. Almost everything, 99% of everything is not realistic. I get that. But when it comes to kung fu films, I don't know, I just feel somewhat differently. I really do. Maybe maybe I'm just judging this a little bit too harshly. Maybe maybe I just have to wait for the movie to come out and then I can enjoy it in and it of its own right. But I'm just saying as a kung fu fan, when it comes to watching films like that, I like it when they do minimal wire work and they actually use their own stunts and they actually look the fighting style makes it more realistic. That's all I got to say. Aside from that, it was a kick-ass trailer. Can't wait to see and meet this character. You know, for us to get to know this character from the inside out, Shang-Chi. And I'm pretty sure Marvel is actually learning their mistakes. They're learning from the mistakes of what Netflix did with the Iron Fist. Because let's face it, the first season of the Iron Fist was doo-doo. It was hot basura. Okay, it was hot diggity garbage 13 hours wasted I was bored throughout my fucking mind season 2 was okay it was okay is it enough for me to go watch it again if I ever decide to binge watch the entirety of Daredevil all the way to the end probably not it was okay it was okay it was okay I'm pretty sure Marvel the MCU is learning a lot from them you know, not a bloated runtime, lack of superior fighting skills. It 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 just bored the shit out of me. It really did. It bored the ever-living shit out of me. It's why whenever I talk about most Netflix shows, only four characters come to mind. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, The Punisher, Luke Cage. I normally leave Iron Fist out of it because... He's boring. He's boring to me. And I'm pretty sure the MCU, when they made this movie, and they were making this movie, they want to steer clear away from that. Now, now, at the same time, and I remember speaking about this before, since the merger of Marvel, the MCU, and the Netflix shows, now that they require their rights back, do not be surprised if we get to see Iron Fist again. Don't be surprised about that. I'm just saying, it's highly unlikely, it's highly unlikely, but don't be surprised if we get a cameo, a cameo at least, a cameo. You know, that's, that's all I'm saying, that's all I'm saying. Overall, I enjoyed Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings. Can't wait to see the real Mandarin because I know a lot of people, a lot of diehard Mandarin fans, the one that actually read the comic books. Oh my god, they were so pissed off from Iron Man 3. I can imagine their frustrations. They're like, wait, what? Wait, what? This old, this dude? This guy? Get the fuck out of here. What? Come on, come on. Don't be jerking our train like that. Jerk, jerking our train. I can't even talk right. Jerk our chain like that. The hell's wrong with you? But anyway. I enjoyed the trailer and hopefully you did too. Now we're approaching the final mark. I'm gonna talk about some news, some other last remaining stuff that comes in the way. Amber Heard released a photo that she will be appearing on Aquaman 2. Mm-hmm. Guess those petitions didn't really do shit, didn't it? <laughs> now I get it. I was I did I do admit I signed it. Because it was pretty fucked up what she did to Johnny Depp It's pretty fucked up But it just goes to show that Warner Max or Warner Media Whatever the fuck they call themselves They don't give a shit They care about making la mula They care about making money You know I'm telling you Equality does not exist Especially when it comes to fucked up shit like that Everything is always viewed differently Everything is always viewed differently Now I still believe that she's going to get a lot shorter scenes in this movie coming up as opposed to the last one. Or they might kill her off. But who knows. I still want to see... I'm not wishing hateful shit on her. I really am not. Maybe I am. I don't care. It's just... It's pretty fucked up what she did. It really is. And I feel like there has to be consequences... For her actions, and if there's not, then who's to say the next person is going to do that again? You know, I I don't know. Maybe you feel differently because I see this on Facebook and Twitter all the time. I see like people are just heavy, heavy simps for her right now. They're heavy, heavy simps. And I really wish that Amelia Clark would come and replace her as you know, Mira. I really do, I really do because I feel like her. And Jason Momoa would make a great team. Especially for if they are planning to make an Aquaman 3 in the future. I really hope she comes back. I really do. But, you know, I'm just a spectator. It is what it is. Alfred Molina from Doc Ock. If you remember from Spider-Man 2 as Doc Ock. He came out and said that, you know, that his scene or his character is going to pick up after that scene from Spider-Man 2. Which gets me to think that this is the same character. It is not a different iteration of the character. But it is the same character. Same person, same character. Now, some other people are a little bit pissed off. Because they think that he's talking shit. And other people are worried that he's breaking the NDA. His non-disclosure agreement in terms of talking. I don't think it's either. I suspect that this is his own way of marketing the movie. I believe this is his own way of of getting fans hyped up to realize that they are in for a treat when they see Spider-Man 3 come out at the end of the year. Which in a way if that is the case it's completely unneeded because we know what to expect we're hoping that we know what to expect when all three Spider-Man are together for our live action Spider-Verse which I'm hoping to God it fucking happens. There's really nothing that you can say or do that can surprise us. If anything, just don't say shit. We want to be surprised. We want to be entertained. We want that hard boner or for women to wet their panties or whatever. We want to just have an auxiliary motion. I don't even know if I said that word correctly. I don't give a fuck. We want that moment where we look at the big screen and it's like Fuck, yes, we're all three Spider-Man and maybe Daredevil and maybe Doctor Strange and, and someone else. Fuck it, throw Wanda in it. I don't care. For all of these characters to face off against the Sinister Six, headlined by the Kingpin, if the Kingpin is in it. God damn, my nerdgasm is going off the roof on this motherfucker. Let me stop right now. Let me stop right now because I'm getting way overly excited. The point of the matter is this. Whether he's telling the truth or not, whether we believe and take his words to merit and promise and take them at face value, then it only signifies one thing. If he's going to be the same character from Spider-Man 2, if he is the same character from Spider-Man 2, will his character actually be redeemed? Like, will he actually remember the error of his ways or will he just blame them all on Peter Parker? Will he blame them all on Spider-Man? Will he realize that he can do so much more for what he has? Because if you remember, at the end of Spider-Man 2... He redeemed himself by realizing that what he was doing was wrong. That was his redemption arc. Will he continue that? Or will he reveal that back to his old ways? Because if he does go back to his old ways... That redemption arc at the end of Spider-Man 2... Is basically a huge slap in the face. Now... As a guy that loves storytelling... Great storytelling, who the fuck knows what's going to happen. But I will tell you this, it's going to be very interesting to see what his character is going to go through. And if he is lying, if he is lying, and this is a different iteration of that character, then we are in for some fireworks, because the Sinister Six in live action, and hopefully we get all three Spider-Men, maybe even more. Who the hell knows? Overall, I am excited. And you should be too. That is all we have on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Holy shit, we are reaching an hour, close to an hour long, actually. It's probably the most I've spoken by myself in a while. I know I've said a lot of passionate shit. I know I've said a lot of ranting shit. But you know what? That's how much I love this shit. And that is why I want to try to break this apart and see and continue doing two times a week. So from now on... I will do my absolute best. If for any reason something needs to change, it'll be either a day later or a day sooner. But I will let you know from this point on, I will be honest with you, my friends, my people, our people, the listeners, OTC. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or anything that I've said that you either agree with or disagree with, you know what to do. Hit me up on my Twitter And Instagram, voiceofgarcia. If you love to hear more of my work, go on my new website, voiceofgarcia.com. I keep on updating it on a weekly basis because I want it to seem more like me, more like my brand. Whether I'm the comic book guy, the MMA guy, more like the comic book guy because I love doing this. More of the comic book guy. Maybe you can give me some pointers on what I can add, what I can take out. Just let me know. voiceofgarcia.com. At Voice of Garcia on Twitter or Instagram, you can hit me up anytime. And if that is not enough for you, go on our Facebook group, OTC Fanatics. Go on it, join, post anything you want, chat with anybody you want, memes, you know, upcoming news, posts, pictures, whatever. It don't matter. Just be respectful and we will love you like anything else. Now, now that we've reached about that time. Let's go into our super villain quote of the day and this one is from the true Mandarin himself. The secret of the ultimate destruction is mine. With these rings, I thee kill. And my reaction to that is this. We are going to see some epic shit when September 3rd comes around. I'm optimistic. I can't wait. Guys, thank you so much for being patient. And thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I will be back Thursday night or Friday morning. We will talk more of all the hilarious happenings in the world of comic book news, games, shows, movies, or whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.